welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bake Off Shake Off, our weekly recap, debrief, summary, bit of piss taking, bit of sassitude, um, on our favourite baking show, our favourite cosy, comfy show, which we all need so much right now, don't we? It's been a crazy one, hasn't it? It feels like being back in lockdown is just bringing out the baking in everyone, but also with the colder weather, it doesn't feel as doesn't feel as bright and sprightly. So it's a bit of a tough one. So what better than to throw ourselves into some nice, comfortable coziness and watch what can only be described as the most annoying presenters. And they truly did pip themselves to the post this week. I'm, I've just got to be completely honest and say it. There's, they're ruining the show for me, this Noel and Matt. They're honestly, seriously affecting the show. And there's nothing I can do to mitigate their terrible, terrible jokes. No baking disasters for me to share this week. Fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, where I had my absolutely dreadful pumpkin dramas last week. Um, this week, I've just been trying not to put too much pressure. Oh my God, I lie. I did make flaky pastry from scratch, which I've never done. So I used a bit of a hybrid of a Delia um, and I think it's Gordon Ramsay recipe. So they were just on the BBC website um, and my boyfriend was saying, oh, I just really fancy a chicken pie. Just really, we were really in the mood for, um, you know, the film Chicken Run just really wanted the way that those pies that it's not lost on me that they're made out of plasticine. It's a Wallace and Gromit film like Armand Productions so they're all made out of plasticine but the pies in that film Chicken Run the animation looks so 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 good so we thought oh let's try and make you know a real life version of that it didn't work out that way it didn't turn out into a you know gravy and chicken pie but I did make the pastry from scratch and I have to say it wasn't that hard just as with lots of things to do with pastry and bread and things like that, just time consuming, um, a little bit more thought, a little bit more effort, especially when it comes to like waiting for pie fillings to cool down and stuff like that. And obviously freezing butter, which I didn't do. Um, the Gordon Ramsay recipe just says that you should break it up into little bits. So I did that minimal effort. Um, and it was quite a wet pastry, but it worked out fine. I probably will improve it next time, but it's nice to know that it can be done. I also have started a little bit of Christmas prep, not too much. I think I'm trying to start it, I'd say early, but it's really not that early. Um, But I'm starting it this year to get myself in the mood, get myself in the zone, because I'm not feeling too Christmassy quite yet. But I've started, I've bought my Pedro Jimenez sherry that uh, Nigella absolutely insists you use in her homemade Christmas pudding. Um... I've never used anything different, so can't attest to whether that actually makes any kind of change whatsoever. But I have got that, getting that fruit steeped, stirred up the mince meat, minimal effort, maximum joy. So it's there's something really lovely about jarring things up and kind of getting all of those lovely spicy things together. And then, yeah, definitely if you're baking things for later in the year, it's quite a nice feeling. You know, it's not like, oh, I've baked something got to eat it now within two minutes. No, it's, which is absolutely my way. Um, it's quite nice to be able to say, oh, I've kind of had that baking. I've ticked off that baking like urge, but I don't have to deal with it until a couple of months, which is ultimate procrastination and very on brand for me. 
On to the show. It is dessert week and my God, there's barely any of them left. There's always a moment where I'm like, where has everyone, where has everyone gone? And that's definitely this week. Um, Dessert week, so broad, really broad. You could do anything in dessert week. Cake to me is a dessert, no. I mentioned a minute ago about how Noel and Matt's humour is truly getting out of hand for me and just a serious 0.5 on the funny scale. And um, I have to say that Matt being in a giant cherry bakewell probably takes the cake, no pun intended. I think last week and the week before I was talking about, you know, this poor intern that had to, you know, make the papier-mâché mango and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking the same thing about who had to paint Matt Lucas's head. It's like there has been money spent on making a giant cherry bakewell and also painting Matt's head. And I'm thinking, who's budgeting? Like, who's signing off this element of the budget? And who's going, yeah, we're definitely going to get a return on investment from this gigantic fake cherry bakewell. No one's doing, no one's signing that off. Just some interns are just getting out of hand or like Matt and Noel have sat in a room and gone, oh God, I know what's what's gonna be hilarious. It's like, yeah, a big cherry bakewell. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Starting off with the signature and it's 12 mini cheesecakes. And I think that's lovely. I want to eat 12 mini cheesecakes. And someone complains, I think, I don't, I think it was Matt, complains, it's like, oh, mini, mini's so annoying. It's like, well, there's 12 of them. So if you think about like 12 slices of cheesecake, it's one big cheesecake. So let's just not complain here. Let's, let's keep it in perspective. Starting with Peter, his sound absolutely fantastic. I love the idea of like a OT base, something not too sweet. Um, you go around and you see so many people making like their own digestive biscuits and I'm thinking what that is effort and I appreciate it Um, but a nice homemade oaty biscuit I just want to eat that by itself and then put it into a base put it in a cheesecake put ginger and lime on top of it you're absolutely speaking my language Peter but I have to say he's wearing purple shorts and a blue top and I know it is summer but he honestly looks like he's got like the P.E. He's had to like go in the PE bin kit for school. You know what I'm talking about? You forget your PE kit or you like have an accident at school and you've got to like wear the clothes that have been like bought from a charity shop or something like that. He honestly looks like that. He looks like a child. <laughs> it looks like a child and his mum has dressed him. Love Peter. It's incredibly endearing. Laura's also sound fantastic, but her foundation is not. And I'm just going to say it. The harsh, bitchy person in me thinks god can someone please someone's gotta tell laura on the day by the way someone in production or someone in the team has gotta tell laura hun it's not blending the foundation's not blended and i'm thinking is it one of those things where you're recording and it doesn't you know you're filming it doesn't look any kind of different but then you know in post-production and on television and you know after editing it looks you know the color changes and it looks completely different but it looks so harsh, that line, that I think she must have looked like that in the morning. It must have been noticeable in the morning. And I'm thinking, Hermine, come on, you're a colleague, you're a co-worker, you're a filming partner, you've got to, got to, got to tell her something. And I mean, Prue, Prue's working in the industry. Prue knows what it's like to have a foundation line. Someone's got to tell Laura about the line because now I know Laura's going to be at home just as embarrassed as we would be if it were us in her shoes. Everyone do Laura a favour. Come on. 
we love our means little idea of putting her cheesecakes in a glass and I'm thinking you were inspired if not you've plagiarized goo puddings you know the really horrendously expensive puddings that are in the shop and you maybe treat yourselves to every now and again when they're on offer and you think actually I can reuse this bit of glass um for my jewelry or a candle or something a lot you know butter dish something along those lines well Hermine thought yeah I'm going to reuse the goo dishes for my own inspiration for my cheesecake I mean lovely idea but I'm thinking she might have a lawyer on the phone soon if she's not incredibly careful so you'll leave them in the jar then will you? I will leave them in the jar okay that's interesting but alas Paul doesn't like passion fruit and he just keeps telling us what he doesn't like this season I've never known the man to be so vocal about things he's not keen on you're a, you're a cook, you're a baker, and you're on a baking competition show. Stop telling us what you don't like and start telling us what your mind is open to. What's going on? We've got the gherkins, we've got something. And now it's passion fruit. I don't feel like passion fruit is an offensive flavour. I don't even feel like it's a marmite e flavour. I feel like it's a general, nice, okay, does-the-job flavour. Why do you not like passion? I get why he doesn't like gherkins because, you know, it's quite specific. It's a bit like olives. You know, you've got umami. Passion fruit is passion fruit is passion fruit. It's like saying you don't like strawberries. I'm very confused. Telling us what he doesn't like is closely followed by, like, a super cut to him looking incredibly moody with, like, this jaunty musical interlude. Um, So I found that quite a funny juxtaposition as well. As Peter's come out the oven they're sunken and they look dreadful and I notice this and I'm going has his crown fallen off is the crown slipping because really Peter's done no wrong before this point and he's had such a fantastic run of talent luck whatever you want to call it like he's just done a fantastic job so far you know not really any bad bakes that I can recall and then I look at these sunken cheesecakes and I'm going this is a metaphor this is a metaphor for the tide could be turning on you and I was worried to top that off he's got a runny curd to literally top it off and to top it off in the figure of speech he's got a runny runny curd that does not look good and I'm thinking this this can't end well this is not going to be good me and my partner when we're watching this we both we both are realizing how incredibly dry Dave bless him his humor is and I think Noel makes this joke about like releasing the cheesecakes and it's like funny and everything like that and Dave I think takes it quite seriously and goes yeah no releasing them is going to be quite difficult or something along those lines and I'm thinking Dave he's making a joke like he's making a joke I just I don't know if it's a he's incredibly like stressed it's obviously a massively high pressure situation that you don't necessarily get those humor tones or maybe it's one of those things where in editing we know Noel's making a joke so we get why it's meant to be funny, but in at the moment, in that moment in time, Dave's going, yeah, he's talking to me about, you know, how to release my cheesecakes. He's just making conversation. Like, maybe it's quite difficult to gauge, but I think Dave's just dry. I think he's just got a really difficult um, bit of comic timing and comic intuition, potentially. In this week's horrendously awkward moment, and I say that, completely seriously like I could not it was it was past the point of oh god this is like awkwardly funny isn't it and um just no can't I just genuinely want to turn over the television they, they do this bit 
with Mr. Spoon, Noel and Matt do. So it's like Mr. Spoon is his character. And they're trying to just kind of do this comedy bit scene around Peter. And they just, zoom, the cameraman just zoom in on Peter's face and he's pissed off. It's almost palpable. And I found it so relatable and so funny. This idea that like, they're trying to do this jokey bit and they're doing it around Peter and they're in his personal space and they're by his workbench. And it's like funny and it's fine. No, no, no. Peter's genuinely just trying to get out a bloody bake. He's just trying to fix his sunken cheesecakes and his completely ruined curd. Let the man live. Stop getting in his space with the terrible, terrible Mr. Spoon joke. It was just such a funny bit of editing, I thought, where it's like, no, Peter's not having any of it. Fair play, Peter. Stand your ground. Tell them to leave you alone. Mr. Spoon didn't like how that last time. I don't like Mr. Spoon. He wants an apology. Well, he's not getting one from me. Do you like him? Love Mr. Spoon. You do. He wants to kiss you. Mr. Spoon says he wants to see Peter naked. There's one minute to go and Ermine goes, oh, just one minute to go. Like she's incredibly jaunty. And at the same time, (laughs) Dave's hands are like just shaking, like just absolutely shaking. It was just such a juxtaposition of like Hermine being really jaunty and fun. Like, oh, one minute to go. And Dave just absolutely having no control over his physical reaction to how last minute he feels at this signature challenge. I think Marks are the ones with loads of apricot and they just all say apricot so many times. You know when you say a word too much and it's lost its meaning and I'm and they just say apricot, 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 apricot this, apricot that. And I'm thinking, don't know what an apricot is anymore. What is life? Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Is it some kind of other ingredient? What's going on? Who even eats apricots anymore? Like just the three syllables just completely lose their meaning to me. Could be only me, but it just felt like they said it a ridiculous amount of time times in quite a short space peter gets a classic tip out of the excess i think his like oats were super crumbly or whatever it was and classic paul tip that out show everyone what you're really missing it's like when he cuts into a slice of cake and it looks all right and then he goes onto the other side of the cake and then another slice looks absolutely dreadful because someone's like tarted it up really well or whatever love it when he tips it out shows us what it's truly made of laura does really well despite thinking that she was going to get rinsed so really lovely to see that I think everyone's looked good except for Mark's Mark's just looked to me like crisps like they look like kind of topped potato skins I did not want to eat those no 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 indeed I did not um yeah I thought it was all over quite a good signature and I mean mini cheesecakes are something that you could be making at home you know at a party for a dessert like People are loving the individual now as opposed to the shared. So a good signature. I got I got some good inspo, I have to say. We're on to the technical, which is something from the 1700s, something that obviously no one has made, plans to make or ever see themselves making. Um, when they're doing that debrief, like even the example one that they've got, you know, in the table when Paul and Prue are kind of talking through, you know, making crap up, let's be completely honest about what Prue really thinks of this thing, because she's never set eyes on it before today. Um, Even when they're doing that debrief and they've got, you know, the quote unquote perfect example in front of them, it looks absolutely dreadful. And I'm thinking, that's the good one. I'm not eating that. I don't want to eat a whole lemon. Oh God, I just really wasn't keen. Um, 
on the recipe, it's really good to see that they're trying to sort of bring back Comic Sans on in the printout. And again, I'm thinking someone's chosen to do that. And that's someone definitely over the age of 40. Let's be honest, someone over the age of 40 is typing out that recipe and changing it to Comic Sans and printing that out. And I just, it was a blast from the past, to be honest with you. I felt like I was back in primary school. I mean, maybe Prue is doing it. She did tell us she was 80. I was uh, 80. She told us she was today. Maybe she said that before. Wow. The woman is 80. And sometimes I feel inspired by that because I think she's truly at the top, maybe not the top of her career because I'm actually not too familiar with what she's done before Bake Off and the Great British Menu. I know she's been on that before. So I guess she did that in her 70s, maybe late, late 60s. But wow. That's really a late bloom in life career-wise. And I I feel inspired by that. Slight tangent, but anyway, the lemon puddings did look truly, truly dreadful. Um, and then Amin says, Prue, why would you do this to us? And I'm thinking, can we cut the pretense? Can we cut the Prue pretense? I know I've just said I'm really inspired by the woman, but you know she did not make these puddings. You know, she'd never heard of these puddings before the day of filming. Come on, can we get real? Some of the bakers, you know, the big query, there's always a big query, isn't there? There's always like, oh, they've been super vague on this one element of the recipe. Um, And then the thing that they were hung up this time was saying not how much milk to put, I think, in the pastry. And I think I absolutely agree with that. You, I think the technical is meant to test your ability as a baker, you know, like your instincts, I do apologise if you can hear the siren. Um, it's meant to test your ability and your instincts and kind of some things can't be measured in baking. I have to, I know for the most part, you you know, you have to measure and you have to be as precise as possible. But when it comes to pastry making and, you know, like that bit of water that you're meant to add in at the end of short crust or whatever, it's like that. It's like you can't, it could be a tablespoon, it could be two. Um, so I kind of understand that. And I, I wasn't keen that they were hung up on it. Um, Come on, guys. It's a test. It's a challenge. What went through your mind when you heard you've got to make a Sussex pond pudding? A little bit panic. You panicked about making the pond pudding? Is that what happened? Is it? That's what I believe. Fair enough. In a pandemic world that we're living in right now, Matt Lucas does this... um, bit with all these p sounds i can't remember who it was to but it was to i think laura or someone and he's just going per like saying all these like p sound words and i'm thinking he's letting go of a lot of molecules in the air isn't he he's he's really spraying out some noise like and i know that they're all isolating together i know that they're all in a bubble or whatever it is but i'm thinking matt we're in the middle of a pandemic let's not be making undue and unnecessary sounds that could you know release droplets from our mouths come on i know you're a comedian but health comes first and you making all these per noises over the top is just you're putting you're putting everyone in the tent at risk to be honest it's an enclosed space matt come on i see that laura's just got lumps of butter i'm worried it looks loose and then everyone kind of as we imagined pulls theirs out way too early for the most part 
and they're all collapsing before our very eyes. Um, definitely like a dramatic, a dramatic challenge, good bit of telly, but um, they truly are just collapsing before our eyes. And it's just a lemon. It's truly just a lemon with a bit of pastry around it. I'm so confused. And it's a, it's a technical that I don't want to eat. It's a technical that I don't necessarily want to be involved with. It's not a technical I'm trying to, you know, make at home for myself for a dessert. No, I'm not doing I'm not doing it. It's just out of touch. Leave it in the 1700s, guys. Come on. Leave it. Leave it in the 1700s. I think with technicals like this, it's a bit it's a bit difficult because when everyone does so ridiculously bad, when everyone just reaches the lowest of the low and no one, even the person who wins the technical did dreadfully. I think it goes to show that it's an impossible task. And I don't necessarily find that too entertaining. You know, I want to see some people fail. I'm being completely honest and harsh, but it's okay to see some people fail and some people do really well. And, um, you know, some people challenge themselves and that sort of thing. Just to see everyone completely fail and not know what to do, sit and just watch them steam for two hours. It's like, I don't think that's great. I think that's setting people up for failure and setting people up for a bit of dramatic TV. So not the best technical, um, but interesting to see, you know, just a lemon sitting there doused in sugar and soggy pastry. So maybe you are learning, maybe we are learning. On to the showstopper, thank God. Um, We've obviously never heard of it. We've obviously never seen it. I'm wondering if I've lived. I'm wondering if I've really experienced patisserie in the way that I should have at my age. I have never seen a jelly cake. And I'm just wondering why everyone is pretending either that they have or why I've missed out. I, I don't, I didn't realise I was so uncultured and so untravelled. So it's quite the learning curve for me when learning about myself and lack of experiences. But I'd love to hear if like, I'm not the only one. Learning every day, pig hide, gelatin. I mean, if there's anything to make you vegan, it's this, isn't it? The idea that it's like made from pig hide, who knew? And yeah, it's like in your food and you're eating it. I mean, I knew that gelatin wasn't good. Knew that. But um, here we are learning more and more every day about the ways animals are used in our food and it's just not it's uncomfortable we know it's no fooling crazy time truly out of this world showstopper when there is syringes like they just shoot to these syringes with absolutely crazy contraptions attached to the end and I'm so confused at first I thought there was some sort of mistake I thought oh my god someone's got to take some sort of medicine um you know, at four o'clock or something and it's dead in the middle of the showstopper and we've got to, you know, they've got to do it in the tent. There's no hiding it and they've accidentally left their syringe on the on the desk. No, on the workbench. Absolutely not. That is there for a reason. It, the mind boggles. It's almost like we just get more and more complicated as the days go on. There's syringes on the bench and it's okay. Oh God, we're in for one, aren't we? You just know looking at syringes on a bench that you're in for a wild, wild ride. Laura's first thing that she does, I think, is her like little fish to go in her fish bowl, but she makes the fish, you know, on their own first before trying to incorporate them. And it just looks terrifying. It does look like a dead fish. It does look like it's like floating upside down and you've, 
you know when you've come down and you're like oh god the fish is like floating on its side like Laura's does look like that it looks absolutely terrifying it looks like a toy for a cat or something there's a grasshopper in the tent <laughs> on a bench or something and then I think Matt says something along the lines of like oh that's not gonna go in your cake is it and I'm thinking I don't want to be too much of a square but my partner works in compliance and we're both just incredibly concerned about the health and safety of there being a live animal in a baking tent. Like they're all just like joking around and going, oh my God, a grasshopper, ha 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 ha, and like making jokes. And I'm going, this is not okay. Like this poor grasshopper probably really wants to get out. I'm sure they got rid of it, you know, safely to its new home um, as soon as, you know, as soon as the jokes were completed, which let's be honest, we wish was sooner. But I just was really surprised that no one was like, oh God, get that grasshopper out of here, guys. He must be a bit concerned and confused. And what if he ends up in one of the bakes that's two feet away from him? Come on, where's the concern? I talked a bit earlier about Dave being, you know, quite the dry boy, um, bless him. And he just tries to make these jokes about um, his dad's dog, Swayze. And I just don't think Dave's having the time of his life, pun intended. I don't, it's... It's just the most long drawn out, like trying to be comedic exchange. And I love it. I love Dave trying to be funny. Like, and then what was really funny I found was that the conversation went on about Patrick Swayze for quite some time. And then there was like a bit of a, you know, a gap in, a gap in speaking. And then Dave goes, oh, my dog, my dad's dog is called Swayze. And I thought, Dave, you should have said that so much earlier. You could have been so much more funny if you'd have brought in the Swayze joke, you know, early doors. Why did he not bring that in earlier? I'm just so confused by Dave. I just, I can only put it down to stress, but we love it. I love his slightly awkward approach. And I just think he's just so stressed and so like just desperate to do well, bless him. But I think it's hard to like make the jokes that, you know, Noel tries to desperately draw out of you side note Swayze is not a good dog name who's calling that in the field on the beach you know on the walk who's calling Swayze Swayze no that's long no I don't think so I'm sorry Dave's dad but I don't think it works Dave does bring it back though because later on he makes a joke about the prick like the prick in the with the syringe and the jelly so I mean he is trying and he brings it back and we did chuckle. So keep at it, Dave. You know, keep at the humour. You can do it. I think he's fine when he's not got, you know, Noel or Matt Pester in him. I could say the same for everyone in the tent, to be completely honest with you. Peter says um, about something, he goes, righty-ho, righty-ho, okey-doke, rinky-dink. And I wrote that down because I wanted to get it all absolutely down to the money correct, that he used all of those phrases to describe one act or one, you know, thing. And he is honestly a pensioner stuck in a someone born in 2000 body. The poor man. Laura's is starting to look really, really good. I thought hers was so um, just exquisite. But the way she's, the way she's inserting the um, colour and then she wipes it away with this bit of kitchen towel and then she inserts colour with a syringe, wipes it with a kitchen towel repeat the process it really reminded me of getting a tattoo <laughs> you know when they've got the kitchen towel and they're like just wiping away the excess ink from when they're doing the tattoo on you 
it just really reminded me of that and it just it it also has you know the same kind of echoes of pressure and permanence and you know stress and pain so it was quite the emotional roller coaster it's judging time and i think that dave's looks charming i think it really does i think he put a lot of effort into it and it I, it did make me want to go to the beach and have a sunset so i think it did the job do you not love that prue calls him david and i noticed it at the beginning of judging and then she does it loads through the rest of judging she's like yes david da, da, da. and it just reminds me of you know when people are like oh yeah no it's um it's ollie and then they're like oh it's Ol- is it oliver and you're like no no it's ollie but they insist on calling you Oliver. And I just wonder if Prue and Dave have had a similar interaction. It's like, oh no, it's Dave. Oh, did your mother call you David? I'll call you David. (laughs) It's just one of those things. Absolutely love it. Love that she calls him David. Peter has got quite the Christmas pattern and I'm for it as I'm Christmas crazy myself and have started, you know, my Christmas baking, as I mentioned earlier, but he's truly Christmas crazy. Like that's two weeks in a row now he's doing Christmas things. And I'm just thinking, Peter, it's quite, you know, it's quite a samey flavor profile. If you're working with Christmas flavors, I will say, you know, you've got your nutmegs, your spices, oranges, booze, you know, let's, should we try something not Christmassy? I mean, I know he does loads of non-Christmassy things, but I'm just, I'm worrying, I'm wondering if it's his crutch, if it's his fave. Um, and the colours were too pastel for Christmas. They were absolutely right. They were not Christmas colours. They were not. It did not make me feel festive. It made me feel like spring was around the corner. Rizy ho, rinky dink, okie dokie. I need to stay at a nice fast lick. When they cut into marks, and obviously I think they take the jelly off the top, there's nowhere, like there's no plate for Paul to put it. So he just puts this mound of jelly just straight on the table. And I just think we've already had the grasshopper giving us hygiene issues potentially. And now we've just got, God knows when that tablecloth was last wiped down. I mean, I'm sure it was actually really recent, but you know. And he just touches it with his hat and puts it straight on the table. I think poor Mark, does his dreadful jelly not deserve some semblance of respect? to be put on a plate or a board or a tray or something. No, jelly straight on the table. Was it that bad, guy? I mean, it was. It was that bad, actually. The mousse was like something out of your worst nightmares. I'm sorry, Mark. It was like something out of a horror film. I was shocked and hurt for him. Honestly, it was like split. It just looked like some sort of terrible digital effect. It looked like something out of a movie. Like, it looked so bad. Would not eat it. Like, I'm surprised that they even tried it. Poor Mark. And you know it doesn't look good. Like, you know, it doesn't look good for him. And the moose doesn't look good either. And then later in the debrief, Mark's on the table. Like, Mark's is on the table compared to everyone else's. And it looks so bad there as well compared to everyone else's. I just felt absolutely terrible. And they put it right up the front so the camera like focuses on that one first. I just think, oh God, could you guys take the piss out of Mark even more? You're just like shoving his dreadful jelly and mousse right up front. Poor guy. I am paying money for Hermine's. I say this every week. I'm paying money for what Hermine has made. I truly, truly am. It looked fantastic. 
So results are in and it's two weeks in a row for Hermine, which is so, so deserved. I love it when people get Starbaker twice, especially if they get it twice in a row. Um, it must be so flattering and so exciting at this point in the competition. You know, we all like to talk about semi-final, quarter-final, and it's a really crucial point to be doing your A game. So that's super, super exciting for Hermine. So sad for Mark though. I think it was a tough, tough competition. Um, it was a really difficult time. It is a really tough competition. And I think at this point, they really are looking for, you go over the most minute of things and then you have quite a bad time. You know, you've got a bit of a crisp, like jacket potato style cheesecake and there's nothing you can do. And I, you know, it's tough, but he walks off into the sunset with his daughters and it's just the most beautiful shot and you think oh well, that's all that really matters isn't it you know he's done so well he's come so far and he's walking off in the field with his daughters like having had the best time so that's all you can super super ask for um he also hits us with when he says he's dealing with anxiety and failure and we just all cry everyone's crying everyone's crying for mark everyone's sympathizing um but it's really good to hear him be so honest about that. And yeah, it's nice to know that he pushed through those things to be in the bake-off. And that's what we love to see. We love to see people push through and bake their feelings, bake into their feelings and show it off. I thought it might be Peter for a minute. I really did think it was touch and go for Peter with his sunken cheesecakes. And I don't. I think everyone did terrible on the technical. But yeah, I really thought it might be Peter's last week. Thoughts on the week, I thought it was quite exciting. I thought it was, you know, there was a lot of adrenaline. At some points, the humour, the fake humour did get a little bit too much for me, like, especially with the spoon. But it's almost like it's so bad, it's good, isn't it? It's almost like um, Matt and Nola, like, they annoy me sometimes, but, I mean, they give me a lot to talk about on here, so I don't really mind. And it's, yeah, they're so annoying (laughs) that that's funny. And it's set, like, them trying to be funny and being annoying is funny in a kind of roundabout way. So I quite enjoy that. I think with Laura, she kind of gives up at some points and kind of says she's going home and they, you know, they joke about how she kind of gives herself that um, diagnosis every week. But I think sometimes when you give up and don't feel like you have a lot to lose, it sometimes works in your favour, doesn't it? Because it reminds me of when you're doing like your driving test or something and you're like, oh, I've already failed. And then you hear about people say, oh, I thought I'd failed. So I just like did the rest of the test, like crossing my fingers. And I did really well. And it's maybe a similar thing with Laura. I mean, it's not a similar thing. It's an incredibly high, high stress situation. You're filmed and millions of people are watching, but um, it could be the same, couldn't it? If you, if you wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that kind of being a bit looser, giving up a little bit, giving up a little bit of that control and worry if you've already resigned yourself to losing can be beneficial. And I mean, I think that's playing in Hermine's favour as well. You're a bit more casual. She doesn't take her life too seriously. She doesn't take the competition too seriously. And I do think that that, that plays well for her. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen next week. It looks absolutely mental. There's an airbrusher on the cards. I see someone airbrushing something. And someone definitely is going to break a food processor. I think there was like a shot of them doing like nut brittle or something in there. So someone is 100% going to break something and there's going to be a technical issue. And I, for one, can't wait. Bring on Tuesday. Um, last few weeks now. So hoping that'll get us through 
you know some of the some of these cold cold winter nights um thank you so much for listening speak to you all next week bye